0: I'm your Dungeon Master Cliff B, and we're rolling dice and heading out into the wide world of Castia. I'm joined by Ben, Hazir Mendra, Chris, Magus Magron, and Dave, Cereal as we explore the taverns, travel, and tests that their characters encounter. So let's grab a drink, pick up some snacks, and get ready to savor this week's flavor. Let's check it out. So Serial... You and your friends have had a very long day. You've gone through and fought a whole bunch of cow people. Looked at the paintings in the room that seem to tie you and your friends together. Your histories that seem to converge. And you've been exploring the rest of this castle. uh, Heading downstairs and finding continued links to uh, all of you. And discovering that Mag's homeland may be somewhere where... Uh, These seemingly ancestral relatives of yours uh, have sent some kind of power to keep it safe. But y'all are pretty beat up and in need of a rest. You all headed to a small little dungeon area uh, in this basement. There are beds in the cells. Uh, The door is long rusted off. The beds don't look comfortable at all. You all sit down to try and get a short rest and get your breath back. And as you sit down, you close your eyes for a moment. When you open them, you're no longer in the dungeon. You look around and you're inside of a bedroom. It isn't run down or anything, but it doesn't look like the modern architecture you're used to. It looks older, much less advanced. Huh, okay. So in this room, you're sitting on this bed It's comfortable enough. It's a step up from your childhood home and way more comfortable than the bedding you sat down on in the dungeon. You look around and see a small wardrobe. There's a mirror resting on it. There's an open window with morning sun shining into the room. And a door that's beginning to open. You see an older woman walking in, maybe 15 or 20 years older than you are. Wait, no, that can't be right. You feel youthful. Like you haven't felt since you were fifteen, maybe a young adult. This woman actually looks to be around the same age that you are now. Oh whoa,
1: okay. So, uh, so I feel young
0: essentially. Yeah, you haven't felt this energetic, this spry, this limber since you were like twenty.
1: Uh, okay. Can I look in the mirror? I want to look. I want to kind of judge my appearance.
0: Yeah, you're climbing out of bed and you head over to the mirror, and you hear the woman say. Oh, I didn't expect you to be up yet, Serial. It's a weird thing that happens. You know this woman didn't call you by your name, but you couldn't understand what exactly she said. As the words of the name were leaving her mouth, it's like they just, in midair, started warping and twisting until they actually you know, gave out the sound of your name the name that you know, the name that you understand oh weird oh weird yeah very weird so as you get up and you've gotten over to the mirror you look in it and you look like you not cereal you but this is what you know you look like and it's creating this weird dissonance in your head you know that you're an older woman from Cologia who just had to deal with their plans being wrecked and imploding upon themselves, having to get out of Dodge, meeting. Uh, what was his name? Maglin Magpie Magus, Ma- Magus, that's his name. And the other one, Haze Hazir, has- has- yeah, that's it. And you met in that small town after. named after a food. Sausage? It's not important right now. You've got bigger issues to deal with. Uh, But you went to that castle and you fought some (laughs) human-armed, human-legged, bare-feet cow people. But you know that that's not the woman who's looking back at you in this mirror. The image is kind of hazy. The details aren't really defined in the mirror, but you know it's not cereal you're looking at but you know that it's you.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, so, the the woman that just walked into the room, she said she didn't expect me to be up so early? Is that right?
0: Yeah, and as you look over to her, you get this feeling like, oh, mom's always on my case about getting up early. Uh, Wait, that's not what my mom looks like. But no, that that is my mom. But that can't be? But you know in this instance it is. It's... It's like when you're dreaming. You have these instincts that come over you. You know when things aren't right, but you know they're true. This is your mom. This is your room. This is all yours. Okay. And as you're looking at her again, you notice, woven into her hair, you see all of these trinkets. An arrowhead stone with a hole in it. Various beads. Some different kinds of shells. And at the bottom... There's a piece of metal, and you know it's a copper piece. You're not sure how you know, because it doesn't look like any copper piece you've seen before. But it's definitely a copper piece.
1: Huh. Okay. I I sort of, like, check myself, but I, I sort of already know before I look that I don't have, you know, like, my the the clothes that I fell asleep in or my weapons. I'm just, like, patting myself down and realizing I'm defenseless.
0: Yeah, right now, you look down, and you're just wearing a sleeping gown.
1: Okay. Um, So I decide, I I think, in the moment, in the not-quite-certainty of what's going on, I'm going to play along, because it seems like a better idea to just go with this and figure out what happened to me. Uh,
0: So I say, good morning, Mom. Good morning, hon. Are you ready for your big day, Serial? Uh uh sure.
1: Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. That that big day that we have today. What uh um remind me what is today our big day?
0: You've been going on about how excited you are all week. Today's the day when you take my place on the council.
1: Oh, right. That big day. Sorry, yeah. I just I I didn't sleep very well. I kind of I just need to wake up.
0: With all the nervous energy you've had, I can't blame you. You were begging to just stay up and not sleep to avoid that feeling, so I understand that you didn't sleep well. But there's a lot to do today, so don't forget to head to the tailor for your formal gown and get any last-minute modifications that may need completed, and then to head over to the cleric to receive your blessing before the ceremony. Now, you don't have to rush, but you'll want to leave soon.
1: Uh, I sure will. Uh, uh, boy, I just... Can't wait, I say, and I get up and I sort of open my wardrobe and look at what I have to wear other than a dressing gown.
0: Yeah, you see there are a lot of different gowns. There's a lot of reds and yellows in the wardrobe. You get this feeling it's a family color. Not necessarily Game of Thrones houses, but it is kind of similar in that it identifies you as a member of this family, this faction. You're having trouble remembering its name but you know you're set to become the representative of this family on the town council.
1: Okay, so I want to pick up something that looks sort of appropriate for the occasion of replacing your mom on the council, whatever that is, and uh, kind of
0: uh, pick it up out of the wardrobe and say, what do you think about this one? Your mother looks over and nods. You see she's wearing something of a similar thing has the red and yellow theming, but the gown that you've picked out it has a red blouse with yellow trim, a red corset with yellow strings and stitching, and billowing out from that is a skirt which is also red with yellow trim. She looks at it and says, Yes, that should be perfect in getting your tasks completed today.
1: All right. Well, then this is it. And then I kind of give her the turnaround gesture so I can get changed. <laughs> that like upward turned spinning finger. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she smiles and kind of rolls her eyes a little bit, and she says that breakfast is ready whenever you're ready for it.
1: Okay, so I want to get change, and I also, now that she's not in the room, I want to look around for something, because, like, I'm still, like, freaked out in a, in a way. Like, I don't know why I'm here or what's going on, and... Something about the whole joining the council thing feels kind of virgin sacrificey. So do I have like a letter opener or anything that, like, a, like a, a sharp weapon that I can conceal on my person?
0: Yeah. So you go through and you put the outfit on. And as you're dressing, instinct takes over. Not this girl's instinct. Your instinct. And you start to think, what can I keep concealed in this outfit? Where can I stash something? And as you're putting on the shoes for this outfit, you realize the leather straps that wrap up to your knees would be a good place to conceal a weapon, especially with how far the dress comes down. And so you start searching through the wardrobe, because if this were you, you'd be hiding weapons within close distance, and your instinct pays off. You actually find two daggers in this wardrobe that you would be able to keep concealed.
1: Sick. Alright, I'll make note of those on my two daggers on my person. One in each leg.
0: Yeah, so as you search around, you look for anything that could give you clues as to what's going on here, and you find a diary.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Let's read that and figure out who the hell I am.
0: (laughs) You flip through this diary, and the beginning of it is normal teenage bullshit and drama. This is the stuff you haven't thought about since you were young, even the little bit you did focus on, having greater aspirations and all. But there's always some kind of teenage drama. There's emphasis on boys you like. No, not not you. This girl. This girl's focus. But as it goes on, that focus widens to the rest of the town. But the weird thing about it, any proper names of people or factions, you can see the words shift and warp. You can see individual letters changing and shifting to be illegible. But as you read, you don't learn the names of them, but you learn their are five major groups within the town that run things like a council of elders and your family tends to focus on commerce before settling here your family your family was in the trading business so when you came here your family was put in charge of arranging trade between neighboring settlements because of that your family often works with the family in charge of protecting the town you learn that occasionally there's a wayward bandit But mostly, your town deals with wild animals coming in from the forest. The settlement is situated pretty close to that forest, so you get a lot of wild animals coming out, and you know that there are some people that have gone into the forest to ask those fucking elves over there to get their (laughs) animals under control. Those fucking pointy-eared (laughs) tree-climbers. That feels pretty racist. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you haven't had good relations with the elves. It's been tense, to say the least. They're pissed at humans for chopping down their woods to build houses, and the humans are pissed at the elves because, well, number one, they act like they're better than you, and two, they're supposed to be these great defenders of the forest and balance, but how are people supposed to survive without wood for houses and meat for food? And instead of keeping the animals in the fucking woods where they belong, they let the animals roam about and attack people. It's rough. It's kind of a mess.
1: Okay. Well, okay, so this is a primarily a human town. Like overwhelmingly human, right? Is it like
0: Yeah, this town is very human. Um, okay.
1: Uh, okay. All right, so let's see what did I just learn? We're humans, we have neighboring elves. My family is the commerce people. The council is made up of a whole bunch of different types of representatives of different facets of the community. But we're the commerce and trade people, so I presumably know about money and and coin and value and, and trade and all kinds of things like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And as you sit thinking about it, you know, you've been brought up from a young age to recognize that everything has value, be it monetarily or not. Like, a promise has value, because your value matters. And your value can only go up by keeping promises and showing that you're able to be trusted and not just being out for yourself. And then when you have that trust, it's much easier to try and increase your monetary value. Okay. All
1: right, well, I think considering what kind of a day today is and how important it is, I want to look and just grab, like, um, uh, I want to wear a piece of jewelry that, like, represents me well. And uh, so I want to wear, not necessarily I want to look through, and, and not necessarily the most valuable thing I have, but the most sort of, I want to I wear the, 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 the most eye-catching piece of jewelry I have. Something that represents, you know, like, taste.
0: Absolutely. So you look around the room, and you see that there's a small chest that sits on a stool next to the wardrobe. And you start sorting through it. And you pull out this necklace. It's a silver backing, silver chain, inlaid in that backing. Uh, you see a fire red sapphire, and you know the light is making everything sparkle about this jewelry the way that only fine jewelry can. And you notice that when the yeah uh, when the light shines through the sapphire, it seems that there's f- actual fire dancing within the f- sapphire itself.
1: That's perfect. That's what I'm wearing today. So you leave your room,
0: and as you look around your home, this building, this seems simultaneously ancient and advanced. You know that this is old architecture, like real old, but that also clashes with this girl's knowing that it's the height of construction for this age. Okay. Uh, wh- what's for breakfast? You see that there are slices of ham laid out, steam rising from them, eggs, toasted bread, different fruits, oats, and brands. Okay, so I, I want to grab a piece of toast, and I want to ask,
1: I, am, I assume Mom's in the room, right? Yep. Okay, and I just want to ask Mom, so, you know, the day's finally here. I know we've talked about this many, many times before, but any last-minute advice for me before I
0: head to the cleric she thinks for a moment then thoughtfully says you're not just in charge of increasing your own wealth you're in charge of increasing the value of the lives around you so always keep that in mind if you just increase your own value and allow others around you to suffer eventually that's just going to cause your own value to decrease as well when you take the time to make sure all of the boats around you are maintained as well as your own when the tide comes in, all of the boats will rise. Hmm.
1: That seems like good advice. Try not to be selfish. Try to think about everybody. Um, and then so, I, I want You
0: get just the slightest eye twitch at that. Not the body you're inhabiting, but an <laughs> internal eye twitch.
1: <laughs> okay. Wait, at the, specifically at just the mention of... Just that advice? At the, at the idea of not being selfish. Oh, just that very idea. Yeah, you know what? The cereal that is within whoever this girl is really doesn't care for that thought at all.
0: <laughs> um,
1: okay. So I guess I should uh, thank my mom for the advice and give her a hug and a kiss. And then it's time to head out into the world. It's time to go get this thing started.
0: Yep, so as you leave the house, the sunshine hitting your face, your eyes adjust and you see a small but bustling thriving community. To your right, you can feel the wind hit you as the sounds of the farmer's market ring out, the smell of wildflowers hitting your nostrils, and you just know that to the west of you is the temple where the cleric would be for your blessings, and to your left in the north of town, the tailor.
1: Okay. Huh. Well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I was going to go to the cleric first, but I feel like maybe I should go to the tailor. Maybe I want to be dressed properly for the blessing. So with that being my operating theory, I'm going to head towards the tailor's place.
0: All right. So you're heading north to the tailor, weaving through the town. And you remember the tailor is an older woman. She's been training her grandson to take over, a handsome man from what you remember. And you didn't mind when he was taking your measurements while she instructed him. And now, today you find out if he took your measurements correctly. The bell above the door rings as you enter, and you notice compared to other towns you've been in, there aren't well-worn dirt paths or stone walkways here. The ground here still has thick grass between all the buildings. Whoa.
1: Whoa, it's like a a settlement, not a town. It's like... Like, very new.
0: As you think about it, your family's been here for a few years, but you can't remember it being too long. Maybe ten years or so that you've lived here? Okay. You go into this building, and you hear a voice say, Oh, just a minute. I'll be up in just a minute for you. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) An old woman comes out from the back and says, Oh, Cereal! It's so wonderful to see you. You just got here right on time. I just finished the last bit of work on your gown. Oh, that's Let great. Let me go get it. Come, come inside. Let's try this on to make sure everything fits properly.
1: All right, I, uh, I follow. And uh, just like as I'm walking through the shop and just kind of looking around, um, what is I mean, is anything? I, I guess it looks like a tailor shop, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know if anything stands out. Yeah, along the walls on shelves you see rolls of fabric, smaller shelves with spools of thread. And as you go into the back you see even more fabric and thread, shears, measuring tapes. And on a mannequin you see an absolutely gorgeous gown. There are interwoven red and yellow lace ruffles along the shoulders and all throughout the gown. The bodice has been gorgeously stitched with yellow thread through the red corset piece leather. It's just absolutely stunning.
1: I feel like I instinctively reach out and kind of touch it and say, this is for me?
0: It is the softest material you've ever felt. Both you, the girl, and you, Cereal. <laughs>
1: wow. I, uh, yeah, I just kind of pet it and I say to, you know, do we, do we still owe you? I mean, I, I'm, I'm shocked. It's beautiful.
0: Oh, the payment has been taken care of already, dear. The only thing is to try it on and make sure we get any last-minute alterations taken care of.
1: Hmm. Let's, let's do it. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm practically pulling it off the mannequin.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she's helping you get into it, and you notice underneath the back of the corset piece for the fabric itself there are buttons. She helps you get out of your current clothes and buttons up the back of the gown, and as everything is cinched and buttoned, it feels like the most perfect glove fit for for you. She's standing back, looking at you taking it in. She has a look of both pride in her work, but critical examination to make sure everything is where it should be. She asks you, So, how does it feel? Uh,
1: I feel like it feels perfect. And I just sort of I'm, like, smoothing over, uh, I'm just smoothing it over and, like, working out any tiny little wrinkles and just, like, amazed.
0: Yeah, she's looking and says, Well, I don't notice anything that needs adjusted, and as long as everything feels up to standard for you, uh, we can call this finished.
1: Oh, very much up to standards. I, uh, I sort of, like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and kind of trying to turn around and look at the front and the back and I say, can I, can I just wear it out of here? Is that okay?
0: Oh, my dear, it would be an honor for you to wear it out. I believe that this is my finest work, and also uh, as far as I can remember that's customary for the day's events to wear it out, being blessed in your new formal gown and then attending your transition of power ceremony.
1: Hmm. Do I have, do I have any coin on me at all?
0: You breach for your handbag and you notice you have a good bit of coin on you, some mm-hmm. copper and silver, okay. but quite a bit of gold and a couple platinum pieces on you.
1: Okay. I feel like uh I feel like I want to uh, I'm always bad at the transaction rates in this uh, in you know like the value of stuff, but I feel like I want to leave um I I want to leave like a, a a few gold pieces, something significant but not insane. But I want to leave a few gold pieces with the tailor and say I I can't tell you how much this means to me that this is gonna you know this is perfect for today.
0: You see a couple tears streak down her face as her head bows and she says, "Oh, thank you, thank you so much. It is an honor for me as well to craft this gown for you."
1: And I uh I just uh I kind of give like a little nod, like a, a contented nod, like uh, uh you know like a thank you and then I guess I'm I'm ready to head over to the cleric.
0: As you're leaving, she says, If you see my grandson while you're on your way, let him know to get over here. He is late, which is a little unusual, but also isn't terribly surprising.
1: Wait, so, wait, hold on. Uh, You said her grandson is running late?
0: Yeah, her grandson, who was assisting and right. doing your measurements.
1: Okay, I, t- I tell her I'll be all over town today, so I'll keep an eye out for him and tell him you're looking for him if I see him.
0: Why? Thank you. I appreciate that, and congratulations on your day.
1: Mm, thank you so much. Uh, I give like I don't know, like Cereal. Well, yeah, no, Serial would know the, the the proper bow or curtsy or whatever is 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 appropriate for respect here. So Serial displays you know the proper uh, the proper respect on her way out the door. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she returns the bow to you, and you're heading out of the building, and as you look around, you think this knucklehead is on his way, so you're keeping your eye out. But off to the east, you kind of hear some sounds coming from the forest. Doesn't sound like the animals you're used to hearing. It's different somehow.
1: Okay. Uh, and this is, I mean, what's in between me and those woods? Nothing. I can just see a tree line.
0: Yeah, you see a tree line. There are a couple houses between there but nothing you notice that would be making this noise.
1: Okay. Alright, so I'll keep, I guess, walking towards the cleric, but I, like now my attention is kind of fixated. I'm just sort of peering in the trees to see if I notice anything as I go.
0: You're keeping an eye on this tree line, and then, out of nowhere, bursting from it, you see the gr- grandson shoot out like a rocket. Looks like he's been attacked by something. He's got wounds going across his body. One is clearly from a blade. Out of his shoulder is sticking a broken arrow.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I dead stop and run over to him.
0: He sees you and he says, Zeriel, it's, it's the elves. They're finally attacking. They, they, they look strange. I don't know what's going on, but, but they're blue. Uh, I stop him and I just say, how many of them are there? It was a small group, maybe four or five.
1: Four or five. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so how badly is he injured?
0: He looks pretty bad. He doesn't look like he's going to drop right now, but another good hit will be real, real bad for him.
1: Okay, so uh, I tell him, we've got to get over to the town guard, and believe me, I would love to help you, but you cannot get blood all over my nice new dress. (laughs) Absolutely cannot. You have no idea how important this is to me. But we really need to tell the town guard about this. This is a big
0: deal. So he kind of cocks his head, gives you this look like, <laughs> yeah, this seems normal. I uh, don't really know why I'm surprised. <laughs> don't, be, don't be weird. Just let's go get the town guard now. <laughs> And cutting between the two of you, an arrow flies between your faces and sticks into a random building.
1: Oh God. And then I th- feel like we need to just start yelling. I feel like there's not even any time to like go and tell someone calmly. Uh so I I know th- I, I I know the town presumably well enough to know where guards where the nearest guards are, and I just start running and screaming, We're under attack! We're under
0: attack! Yeah, and the grandson is there with you, trying to keep up, and things start fast-forwarding a bit, almost as if someone is hitting two times speed on a video device. What's a, what's a video device? <laughs> what's it's, that? You know, it's, it's almost as if someone has cast haste on the world around you. Okay. All right, we, we gotta do a montage. So, you see one of the other town folk help the grandson. They start heading towards a cleric you see the guards head towards the attackers. And like the grandson said, you see blue elves. They look... They look strange. They don't look like any elves you've seen before. You've seen all sorts of natural humanoid skin-toned elves before, but these elves, their skin is ice blue.
1: Okay, so this... Serial within this other person is remembering having discussed weird blue invaders that... that. Uh, that we talked about uh, with the with the party when we were walking through the castle. So this is yeah. ringing a serious bell.
0: Yeah, you, Serial, remember seeing the painting with Mag and Hajir, and there are the blue figures in it. They look very similar to that. It looks familiar from that painting. Not the exact scene, but they match what's on the painting.
1: Uh, Okay, so have, have I retreated to like a safe distance, or are we still... I guess we're still probably in fast-forward mode, but...
0: So it's still in a fast-forward mode. You see these guards trying to defend the town, but whoever these elves are, they've been well-trained. They may be a scouting party, but they they seem like they're well-trained. In this fast-forward, you see a newer town guard. He's trying to line up a shot with his bow and arrow, but he doesn't know what he's doing. This girl, though, that you're inside, through instinct, grabs the bow from him and turns him around to access his quiver.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> sick, first of all,
0: sick. And this girl, she's a natural shot. She's like knocking two arrows at once, firing shots into the fray, and they distract the elves and allow the guards to deal the necessary blows. And as things start to come down from the fever pitch and the fast forward of return to normal speed, you see someone you know, but you can't remember his name. He he looks so familiar. Oh oh yeah, this is the head of that guard family. He looks to you and says, "Well, I hope you're ready for your first day as an elder. Come on then." <laughs> and you both walk over. Uh, the guards have a survivor from the attackers. The leader of the guard. He's huge. He's like six six, built like a brick shit house. He's big, <laughs> but like power lifter big. He grabs the surviving blue elf, lifts the elf to be face to face. The elf is like a foot and a half off the ground. The guard head says, What nonsense have you brought here? Who are you? The elf looks at the guard head and says, All shall bow to the Dairy Queen. <laughs> I, uh, I can't. <laughs> The Dairy Queen! <laughs> okay? And he pops open a vial and drinks down a potion, and his mouth begins foaming, and the elf expires.
1: Oh no! A cyanide blizzard! <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, uh, so like, I'm laughing, Cereal is not laughing, Cereal is freaked out.
0: So it seems things start speeding up again, you as this girl sit down with your mother and this mountain of a man, telling them what you saw. You head to the cleric and receive your blessing. And later, in a more somber ceremony than it would have been had there not been an attack on the town earlier, in front of everyone, your mother takes out a dagger and cuts the heirloom dangle from her hair. And she holds her hand out to you, and you reach into your pocket and hand her the item you, as this girl, selected to be added to it. What is the item you pick?
1: Uh, I feel like just based on the conversation that we had before about my, the, like the item that had the most class, the taste was what I decided to wear. So I feel like I want to add that, actually.
0: Yeah, so in between the blessing and now, you've had this sapphire made so it could be added to the dangle. A knot's tied in the weave so it can't escape once it's added. And your mother weaves it into your hair.
1: Whoa. Like, Cereal is just, like, mind-blown that now she understands, like, the significance of each piece of this.
0: Yeah. And so you close your eyes as she does this, fully expecting to open your eyes and see the town in front of you ready to take your place as an elder. But instead, you see the iron bars and cold wet stone of the dungeon. And that's where we end our session.
1: Uh, What? (laughs) I like pinch myself to figure out which one is the real one and which, like, am I awake or dreaming now? like serial is like always feeling just slightly off ever after not knowing what's real and what isn't
0: <laughs> that wraps up this episode of taverns travel and tests be sure to join us next time to see what kind of mischief the gang gets up to you can check out the boys on the three dude cast and you can reach out to us about the show on twitter at triple and you want to help support the show tell your friends leave us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice and tweet about the show using hashtag triple t D&D. also check out all the other great podcasts on the project derailed podcast network visit projectderailed.com for more information and links to all those awesome podcasts we'll see you next time on triple t
1: Project